Welcome into the latest edition of the Sharps Report here on bettingpros.com. I'm your host, Matt Peralta. Each and every week, we talk to different market makers, professional sports gamblers, and people behind the counter to help you guys in your gambling days as to we as well as we approach the NFL season. I got a chance to, one, well, I've been following this guy on Twitter for a long time. But second, I was at a Circus Sports sports betting convention, and this guy I happened to be on the panel talking about sports betting, talking about the Circa Million Three, the Survivor Contest, and the upcoming NFL season. He is Las Vegas Chris, and he is our guest here on this week for the Sharps Report. Chris, Matt Peralt, how are you? Uh, very good. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me on. Well, thank you for being a part of this. And you're a great guy to follow at Las Vegas Chris on Twitter. I recommend anyone going ahead and doing that. But for folks who might not know much about you, what's the quick bio? How did you get to where you're at? Oh, well, I sold uh, baseball cards and collectibles for uh, over a decade and uh, got chewed up and spit out in that industry and uh, came out to play poker and uh, start betting. I ran into my former partner, Frank, who taught me how to think a different way because I really wasn't a good gambler. This was about 2005, 2006. I really wasn't, you know, uh, I, I was ego driven. I thought I could win, but there was a square. And he taught me to, you know, do the scalping and the middling and the, uh, the buying back points to get free points uh, when you're trying to do that. And it took a long time to retrain my brain. I, you know, it sounds simple, but it's hard to think the opposite of what you've been doing for years. So formed a great partnership with him uh, uh, over the years. We were together for 10, 12 years and uh, he's doing his own thing right now. And uh, I'm just me. I'm just betting away, playing contests and sitting here. <laughs> Well, speaking of the contest, I think we have to at least have you talk about it. You've had a lot of success in the contest. Talk about where you have finished recently in some of these big pick contests. Well, uh, the original Circa, I finished 20th and 31st. And then last year, I finished 2nd and 5th. So I've done pretty well with that. And and uh, uh, I, I like to say I'm, I'm no contest superhero or anything. I've been very, very lucky and, and grateful to to have done that well and, and have won some contests in the past. Uh, uh, the win in uh, 2011, the Eliminator, which is basically a survivor and uh, the Palms and uh, um, Last Man Standing and uh, gone out the last day twice on Last Man Standing and first and second in Golden Nugget regular season and playoffs every year and never did win it though. <laughs> What was, was there a game last year in the Circa that, because the I'm assuming we're talking one or two points. If my memory serves me correctly, I think the margin was one or two points for one or two games between you and first place. Half was game. there Half a game. Oh my. What was the game? What was the half a win? <laughs> well, it, the problem is if you go to Christmas week, I, I did not turn in my card fast enough. I, I decided to turn in my card at the last minute and they let me have the game so I could select the games. And as fast as I could punch it in, it went off the board. So I, was oh. right, I missed it by seconds. That would have given me an extra game. The following day, I decided to play that Arizona San Francisco game at the last minute. I, I just, it just dawned on me. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I run up the stairs and I punch it in. And just as I press send, because I'm thinking Arizona, 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 
I'm supposed to bet the other side. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I bet the wrong side. Oh. uh, however it goes, I may be screwing up the teams, but uh, right. so there's another game I lost uh, or, or, or I flipped. Yeah. But uh, the, the, but you know, it doesn't matter because if I would have won, I, I don't, I have no sour grapes on it because if, if I won, then it's a domino effect. It's like looking back at a roulette wheel to see, Oh, I would have won. No, you wouldn't have. It would have been different. <laughs> right. So, but Tennessee was the, the one game uh, uh, that uh, my number one goal in the final week was to be different from mm. everybody. And I played aggressively. I don't care about the money. It, it's trying to win. And I did a really good job, but the guy ahead of me matched three of mine. So it was very, very hard to overcome. And I had Tennessee and they were winning big. And then uh, Henry fumbles on his own 20 oh. yard line. So <laughs> How it goes. And what's interesting, yeah, that happened to me with the, with the reboot last year, because we played the Pittsburgh Steelers game. We let it ride. And well, the game was played on Wednesday, not on Tuesday. So if it had actually come in, we wouldn't have won it, but we would have cashed if the Pittsburgh Steelers had played on Tuesday and not on yeah. Wednesday. So I can feel the pain about, you know, you know, look at it and go, eh, it's one point, but yeah, it could have been done differently down the line. I, I want to talk about your, your in start right there, because a lot of people are going to be in the million in super contest and other things around in Vegas. As you approach this season, do you have any advice for people who are either veterans or people who are in it for the first time, how to approach the Circa Million or just a, a five-game pick contest? Well, for the, the, the most important thing is you play with money you don't care about because and, and you don't just play to get in the money. It's just like poker. You, you, if you're going to play to get in the money, you're going to get chipped out. You're going to just you're going to do something wrong. You're going to sabotage yourself. So you you have to play with money that you can easily afford. You can't be thinking in the back of your head, I need to cash. Oh, I put a thousand dollars into this or, or whatever it is. Mm. First and foremost, uh, if you're playing Survivor, it's a really simple rule to remember. You want big favorites and you don't play them. It's that simple. <laughs> you can't win. You cannot win if you're playing the same games other people are playing. It's the easiest game in the world. But every single week, you're going to see everybody top loaded on the big favorites. It's it's ridiculous. Mm. So you have to spend money that you can easily afford. And you can't be afraid to go out week one, week two, week three, whatever. In fact, that's better. I mean, take your risks early on. Mm. Week one is is interesting because – when it comes to Survivor, do you get involved with teams that are, you know, because we have we, we see preseason, but we haven't seen the games and a lot of teams aren't playing their their starters in preseason. Is week one one of the more difficult weeks when it comes to Survivor for you? Well, I didn't play Survivor last year. Okay. And it was and it was funny, too, because so many people contacted me and I was able to help them along the way. I mean, I, I, the guy that won the fan duel or, or came in yeah. second, uh, uh, at least four people that cashed in uh, Circa and wow. at least like three or four others that didn't listen to me that went out. So <laughs> it, I'm, when you're not involved, it's really easy. And I had to have these convers the same conversation with people and say, I'm sorry, you're going to have to make this tough decision. Mm. You have to take this. Man, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So it's, when you say big spreads, do you mean double digit or do you mean seven and higher? What, what well, the double, here, you know, here's an example. The, uh, the week before the jets beat the Rams, I went out on Twitter and I said, don't play 
Seattle. You can't play Seattle. This is a gift. You want everybody to be there. The equity that you get, if all those people go out, is humongous. Do the math. Mm. Just take any other team. It doesn't matter. You're much better off taking a four-point favorite and, and, and risking it. And it didn't happen against Seattle, but it happened the very next week. Yeah, and then you had, yeah, a bunch of teams got cleaned out and just fading. You know, do, I, I've seen people who are in survivor pools decide to map out the entire season beforehand. Now, they don't follow it religiously, but they have an idea going into the week what they're going to look at. Do you recommend that to go that far out or is it better to go week by week because of injuries and how the narrative will change and how teams will look week week by week? Well, you have to preserve as uh, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving weeks. Other than that, uh, you don't chase the Super Bowl, uh, the Tampa Bay thing. That's ridiculous. But yeah, you, you have to try to save the uh, six teams uh, for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh, unless it's painfully obvious that somehow it's going to be a big dog uh, that you can somehow use early. So, mm. uh, but you have to save those favorites. So save all for save all six teams for Thanksgiving. If you can, wow. I mean, yeah, interesting. But for I the, think I, I think mapping it all out is. See, I thought that that was a good idea, and I was intimidated. I didn't want to deal with these guys with their algorithms. I mean, you you know, you're gonna have dozens and dozens of people. It's very easy to just map it in and find out what your best pathway is. And you, if you're gonna play against a hundred or two hundred people that are doing that. I'm like, oh, that takes the spirit out of it. That's why I didn't want to get into it last year. But I realized that it, it well, it's useless. It really is. It's a waste of time to map out your whole season other than those two weeks because everything changes. Injuries, there's just too many variables. Do you think, is there anything to the fact that there's going to be an overlay for the survivor? Do, do you care about that? Other than the fact there are less teams in it. Does the positive EV attract you more than going into the million where there's not going to be an overlay, another different contest? But does that positive EV matter to you when it comes to which contest you play? It, well, it's not an either or for me, but if there is a if they're not at 5,000, then I might get more. Ent- I'll probably get one entry, maybe two. But if it's below 5,000, then I will probably I might get more. Well, they need 6,000 to make to hit the overlay and they may not get to five. You're right. They may be a million dollars short <laughs> from what they're going to be on survivor. I think millions going to be fine. They'll get over the 4,000 needed probably at 4,500, somewhere in that range for the entries. But yeah. I don't think survivor is going to be, you know, we have until Saturday afternoon here in Vegas to get signed up for both the survivor and, and the, and the circa million three, but it looks like they're going to be, there's going to be a pretty big overlay for the survivor. I, well, I think they need to lower the number of entries because I think the uh, the six is intimidating to people because if you're Joe Blow and a thousand dollars is important money, where are you going to put it? Right. I mean, one winner against everybody that might potentially have six entries, or you know, millions or super contests where you have all these, you know, uh, you know. See, you know, quarterly prizes and booby prizes and paying 50 spots. So that's what's hurting it. 
I totally agree. And, and I, I've asked that of Derek Stevens and I've asked that of others at Circuit saying, if you do it over again, would you have flipped it and gone six million to the Circuit Three and gone with four million for the Circuit Five and five would have been good. Five and, or, or go five and five and and, yeah. and have that and have more money being available, you know, in the Circuit Million because people, I think you're right. People will go in there and if it's a thousand dollars and for most people it's a lot of money, they're going to go. Well, if I'm going to go ahead and lay this down, I want to be alive for 18 weeks. I don't want to do this for one week and then poof it's gone, which is, I think, scary to a lot of people who come in who maybe fly into Vegas and hire a proxy and whatnot to go ahead. There's a lot of expense to that for only one, you know, one bad week where a team gets upset and all of a sudden you're out. So, yeah, I I think that's that's partial to it. In, In terms of preparation for the million three, when you're coming through, you made a great comment about wanting to be contrarian and wanting to go against the public. Do you wait to see and kind of get a feel for where everyone's going to be before you put your picks in? Like how, how late do you wait to put your picks in? I'm not necessarily trying to go against the public. Um, I'm oftentimes trying to avoid the common games potentially. It, It really depends. I mean, if you're coming from behind, you, you have to do that. If you're in the lead, well, now you're going to kind of gravitate toward that. So, uh, but no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not playing line moves. I think that that's one of the the, the bad things that people do is, oh, the, that hooks there. I'm not going to play that or, or, oh, I'm getting an extra half a point because uh, the line moved up to seven and a half. I, I only have to lay seven. I think it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Ignore the half points. You know, if you like a game, just take it. Interesting. Is that also just for straight betting or just contest betting? Um, I'm referencing the contests, uh, but certainly for uh, NCAA, I mean, you just have to ignore it. I mean, you're not buying points or anything like that. You, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to suck it up. I mean, it, it, it really depends on how, how strong your numbers are, quite frankly. Right. The the Circa Million Three, one thing that, that's been I, I think it's interesting when people look at the consensus five, you, you mentioned if you're in the lead, it, it, it really is a game. And I think people kind of forget about that a little bit, that there is a difference between contest betting and betting straight. So for, for you, line movement, you know, in terms of where the, the number shifts, you don't really care about any of that stuff when it comes to contest betting. So the stagnant lines don't really matter much to you. Oh, no, I care, but I, I'm not, I, I'm, I usually look at them and say, okay, well now we're going to get a bunch of people on that game and let's hope it goes down. Um, but if it's a really strong game and I'm on it, I, I mean, I'm on them and I'm off them. It just depends right. week to week. There's no, all these contest strategies and, and uh, rules and, and all that stuff. It doesn't happen every week. Sometimes a certain strategy may not happen for a whole year or may only only happen once. So uh, it's not that uh, it's not like you have to keep track of, oh, I got to remember this and I got to remember that. No, it's just, you know, just be aware that you might want to do this this week or that week. Yeah, one more thing on the million three. And I've talked to a former winner of the Westgate Super Contest about this because he had two entries. And he cashed both. He won one and came in fifth place with the other. Yourself came in the top five, second and fifth in in the circuit contest last year. Does having two teams change your strategy at all? Do you play one team differently than the other? Do you play the same games, different games? Do you fade one or the other? How does having two entries factor into the way you approach the contest? 
Well, uh, that reminds me, you never uh, sacrifice an entry in Survivor, by the way. So okay. uh, um, just remember that. You never do it. Never. Um, no, I would never play. I don't think I would ever play the opposite side in Millions. Uh, but I I play them differently. I play them independently. I, I did a, a look back and I actually average having to have 6.7 plays per week. Uh, so I, I never match, rarely match all five. Uh, and I believe more than 50% are, are zero, one or two that I match something, something like that. So I'm playing them differently, but you know, last, last year, I, one of my entries just won every week, three and two, three and two, four and one, three and two until week 12. The other one started off one and four and it was up and down and I was down in the 2800s. I actually thought about going for the booby prize. So I had to just <laughs> throw everything out of the window and do that one completely different. So. And which one wound up coming in second? The one that came in second was the the steady Eddie, but boy, there, I think they were only a half a game or a game apart going into the final week. Wow. Uh, the, I think I went, 10 and 0 the last two weeks on the one that came in fifth. So I got very lucky. You have to be lucky. You have to be lucky. I mm. can't tell you how lucky you have to be. <laughs> well, it's interesting because three and two, avoiding the 0 and fives and avoiding the one and fours, it, it, I've always been told that, that look, if you can go the whole year, two and three, if that's your worst score, you're going to fit, you're going to be pretty good in good shape you're going to wind up getting yourself at least somewhere in the money but mm -hmm. you just said that you can go one four and you can recover if you get really really hot so yeah e either or yeah, yeah. I, I i think i had two one and fours on that one too if i'm not mistaken so wow. i've never had an own five thankfully uh <laughs> knock on wood that we're not yeah for, for this coming year all right so let me ask you a little bit uh, about something you said on a panel that I was at for Circa, for the Circa Million. And I found it really interesting. You talked about totals and you said that you do not play totals. And I have had, you know, some, I'll look at a game sometimes and I'll say, I, I, I'm leaning towards this side, but I think I like this side. So I'm going to go with a low scoring game. So I'll play the under, or I'm going for a high scoring game. I like this side, but I like the over more. So I basically, since you've said that I've played one total, and I went, huh. And so I've started college football now. I've played one total. I am 0-1. And I've gone 12-2-1 on the other bets, betting sides. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that as to why you don't like playing totals? Because I think uh, unless you have a metric-based model and you're the and you've got like what I have for sides, the are you kidding me? I mean, give me a break. It's like flipping a coin. I, in my opinion, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but I know that much that I have to have something. If I'm, if I, if I'm going to have positive EV, it isn't going to come from my thinking because I'm an idiot. Like everybody, is. you have <laughs> to have some sort of metric base, some sort of foundation to kind of steer you somewhere. I, it, I, I mean, geez, there's crazy stuff that happens in those games. 
is it more predictable for you to, to look at the way a team's going to play versus like what happened in the Florida state and Notre Dame game where it was a pretty low scoring game. And then all of a sudden it became just a ridiculous, you know, 80 point game. Is it more predictable that when it comes to which side you want to be on? Well, you know, when you're comparing sides and totals, what do the teams care about? They don't care about how many points are scored, but they care about what, you know, what the whether they're going to win or lose. So there's your big advantage with with just sticking to the sides. Now there's a lot of great totals players, and and they've got the system down pad, and and they win every year. And God bless them. Uh, you know, leave me the formula in your will. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I I never heard anybody say that that like I don't touch like I think Sydney played like forty totals in the last year. And I was like, wow, that's something that I hadn't really thought of. And then I went home and started, went back and started, I keep track of every bet I make. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I was like, I think I'm kind of like, I don't think I'm underwater betting totals, but I'm not anywhere near where I am betting sides. And I kind of like uncovered a little bit of my, of my own weakness to go, huh? And that line you just said about what are, what do teams care about? It, you know, it happened just on Monday night, obviously, when, or, or on Sunday night rather, because, you know, Florida State's down 18 points going in, going into the late third quarter and they throw everything out and they put in a backup quarterback and all of a sudden they're scoring tons of points. And if you were on the under, you were toast. And the under in that play was a really popular bet. A lot of people were on the under in the first half and under in the game and both lost because Florida State puts in a backup quarterback and all of a sudden points just start scoring. And I, I immediately thought of you. And I was like, that's why Chris said that, because this makes perfect sense. Florida State covers. I was on Florida State plus seven. But I would have added to the under. I would have said, let's take Florida State in the under and be done with it. And I left that bet away. And I didn't bet the under. I bet Florida State plus seven. And there you go. It was a one and no day. And it was it was a cash and it was a profitable game for me. So it, it, it is it is remarkable that, you know, a, a one sentence someone can say to you and all of a sudden you kind of changes the way you're, you're approaching your your own yeah, gambling. But that's so important. Uh, two things. Number one, think of the opportunity cost of effort. If you if you're not doing something, you know, everybody has to be honest with themselves. And that's the hardest person to be honest with in your life is yourself. You have to pick things in that are dead weight that, that, that you don't get any payback on because you can apply that time to something else. I mean, if you've been trying your hardest at totals and your break even, what's the point? If you know you're doing better in sides, maybe you'll do even better in sides. Uh, yeah, I lost, I, mean, tra- I, I lost number two, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's really true. I mean, it, it, I think one of the things for, the, you know, the people who who listen to my podcast, The Daily Juice, and, and, and listen to, to that, a lot of times they're newbies and they're coming in and they're asking very basic questions or asking very basic. And, and oftentimes I'm talking to them about, you know, how much time are you spending you know, doing research? Are you just following what people are telling you to bet or are you doing your own homework? And developing that, I think for a lot of people is is tough because they just want to be told what to bet. <laughs> they just tell me what to play. I'm, a, I'm really, really busy. And like, I often say to people, like, you got to be careful on that because you can't get angry with someone who gets a pick wrong if you're not going to do the you homework can. yourself. Yeah, you, now you, I got you, two things again. The, okay. uh, the, the, the light bulb that went off in your head I listen to so much stuff. I listen to the mainstream uh, nerdy guys that uh, give you all the analytics. And I listen to the weekend warrior type podcasts and I read from everything. And just like your light bulb, 
you never know where you're going to get one little tidbit that you benefit from it. it, it and it'll just dawn on you. And it, I mean, I know it sounds like BS, but I can't tell you how many Sundays or Saturdays where it just comes to me. It, 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 it the information all of a sudden, you know, it, it just comes and you just realize you have an epiphany. Oh my God, I got to be on this team. It's just, it, it, seriously, it's like somebody hit you. And, yeah. but that, uh, you know, that's not prefaced with what I think is most important is don't pick your sides on Mondays and Tuesdays. Don't even try to pick your side, just absorb information. Don't pick sides until you have to pick sides, especially in contests. But mm. uh, you know what, with all this COVID stuff, trust me, this could be just as bad as last year. And I, I I went to put in games at least a half a dozen times and I'm like, eh, eh, no, you can't do it. It's like, this could happen. That could happen. We don't know. We don't mm. know. And for me, two games, I, I'm, you know, I'm betting 130 game, NFL games a year. Two games makes a difference, mm. you know, changes me from 60% to 58%. Mm. So I work as hard as I can all summer long. I listen to all these stupid podcasts. I, I read this and I read that and I scroll Twitter endlessly. You know, I dream with the Twitter timeline going through. It, <laughs> and I'm just trying to save a loss here, a loss there. Try to get a win here, a win there. All that effort is to change one or two games for the entire season because mm. I can't control the rest of it. That's so interesting because I've seen this before where basically we're talking four to five games will separate the professional from the public square. We want to call it them, whatever you want to call it, average player. So you really you, you subscribe to that. The, the, like we're talking about four to five plays will make a break a year for you. It's not even that many. I mean, it, it's less than that. I mean, it's wow. uh, you know, it's it's important. You know, yeah. uh, one game means a lot and you have to treat it that way. And, and, and let me tell you, we've all done it where you're in a you're in a hurry and you're just, oh, I'm going to throw in that team. If it's a contest, oh, I'm just going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't. I'm sick of trying to figure it out you get careless. <laughs> you just do it. Oh, I'm just going to throw the fifth team into this five team round robin. You, you didn't need. We all have done it. You can't do it. Mm. You can't do it. How do you approach losing? Because obviously we all do it. And I'm pretty honest with my audience. I, I lose. I lose a lot. And but how do you how do you handle it? Is, is there a, a trick? Do you meditate? Do you go for walks? Like, how do you how do you handle that inevitable stretch where you're just not seeing the board? I think it's uh, I, it, the, the opening up a can of worms. I think mental health and mental awareness is probably just as important as having winners, if not more important. Because even if you have the winners, if you don't have mental balance, you're going to screw up betting those winners anyway, and you're going to throw in some losers. So, but knowing yourself and knowing triggers and knowing what you can deal with and what you can't deal with is very important. And it's not weakness, it's strength. You know, if you see vulnerability in yourself, that's strength. It's not weakness that you recognize it. So the, there, there had to have been at least four Sundays where I didn't like the, the how the one o'clocks were going. There was one Sunday I never even saw what the one o'clocks finished. Didn't even mm -hmm. wait for the one o'clocks. Didn't find out till Monday morning. There were at least two more. I knew the one o'clocks 
and didn't even watch any of the four o'clocks or the Sunday and didn't know it on Monday. Uh, and then another one where I, okay, I started the, uh, the four o'clocks and I'm like, forget it. But I oftentimes just check out. I, I go, listen, I can't deal with a bad night's sleep. I can't deal with this. I really just need to chill out. I'll find out in the morning and I just avoid social, you know, Twitter. I avoid the, I shut off the phone and you know, you know, half the time it was good, half the time it was bad, but you just have to know how you're going to respond. You, if you know, you can't handle bad news or then you avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do it. I mean, one thing that I've learned and this kind of becomes, you know, I, I remember when I first heard a, a guy, who I'm sure, you know, Bill Krakenberger make the comment that he doesn't watch games as much anymore because he just bets on them. And once the bets in, he it's out of his control up to the point where he places the wager. That's his control. And then once he places a bet, it's it's often it doesn't matter what happens on the screen. Just, you know, get away from it and find out whether you win or lose. And I kind of was like, man, how could you do that? And now I am uh, I think I'm 430 consecutive days of betting now and I watch, I do watch football because I love football. So I enjoy it. But like when I'm betting baseball, if I'm betting multiple games, watch betting baseball, I, I don't always watch the games. I'll, I'll check in with it. I'll go do something else. I'll come back. I mean, the phone is so up to date that I can just watch a game and watch it, watch the, the, the numbers come up on, on a phone. But, you know, I, I don't spend a ton of time when I'm really busy. You know, if I'm betting a bunch of baseball games, watching baseball, spending four hours, seven hours, 12 hours, whatever, just stuck watching baseball. I, I just, I don't find my, I don't find that fun <laughs> to be quite honest. I, I do watch football, but do you watch games you play? Do you care about sweating games or is it just, I'm making the wager and then it's done whether it hits or not. I'll just wait and see what happens. You know, it's, 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 it's funny because they're playing reruns and uh red zone from last year. And boy, does it trigger when they change it trigger, even the reruns trigger me. It's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> and there, there are days when I, I can take it in stride. And then there are days when I'm like, seriously cringing. I'm like, Ugh. but it, it, my, my belief is if you're betting something and you know what you're doing, you expect it to happen. I don't need validation. I don't need to see it. I don't need to be validated. So the only alternative is to watch how I got screwed by the refs, you know, <laughs> stupid, stupid plays, uh, you know, fumbles, you know, things, you know, out of my control. So, I mean, you have to remember the very moment you place that bet, you never had any control from the moment you place the bet. You're completely powerless the entire time. What you have power about over is how you want to deal with it. And you, you, you can't sit there and, and lose more than once and just dread it the whole time. Right. It, right. It's going to be what it's going to be. Right. The college football playoffs are, are overtime rule. I just found this out yesterday when I was watching the Notre Dame. We're taping this on, on Monday when I was watching the Notre Dame game and the fact that they're now going to go after the second overtime, the first, second overtime, you have to go for two. And then the third overtime, it's just two point convergence for two points. Now, I, I don't know how I waited this long to find this out, but I'm curious, does that, bother you concern you when it comes to totals when it comes to sides i mean there's, they're going to score touchdowns and going to be awarded two points for it and not being awarded six points for it anymore well it's better than penalty kicks <laughs> it's right along it's up there sale alley though I mean, it's, a, I, it's their I, version of shootouts <laughs> i really enjoyed soccer uh this summer and and boy those penalty kicks are you can't get worse than that so yeah it, I I don't like the idea where you automatically put somebody in field goal range. I was, you know, 
that seems idiotic to me, but uh, I don't, you know what? I don't, it's no different than putting them on the 25. You might as well speed it up. Yeah. It's, it's to me, it's, it's artificially creating offense. It's just like baseball, putting a runner at second base. It drives me crazy. Cause you're just auto. I mean, betting unders in baseball with the new baseball rules. I just stopped doing it just because of you go, you go to extra innings and all of a sudden it's just, you're dead because four runs get scored in the extra innings. Cause you have a runner on second base and awesome. the reliever comes in and can't, and can't handle it. I just manufacturing offense is outside the purview of the game. And I just, I, that, bugs me and putting the ball on the three yard line and saying, okay, let's play for two points, one play. You guys all go to see who wins given the magnitude of what one win does in college football seems to be nuts to me. I just, I, I'm actually, I was sitting there yesterday going, okay, that's crazy. <laughs> like I can't believe we're actually going to be doing this. It has to go to three overtime. So it's not going to be all that likely, but there will be games this year that head down that path. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, what's about to happen. We're going for two each time. Well, it's, I don't like the NFL fell over time because you know yeah now they let you match right but then if the original team scores then it's over yeah touchdown that's right. idiotic i mean you've got to continue to allow people to match yep yeah the fact that both teams do not get a possession is, is something that has to be addressed at some point and you have to allow even touchdown or no touchdown you have to allow both teams to have a chance to score yeah. to score a oh yeah i forgot they touchdown and it's over right yep yeah and then okay, three points yeah. three it's, a field goal you both teams get it on a field goal right. but if you have a touchdown then the game's over and it's Just like awful. okay it's like come on and, and it's tough because you you can't wager on the with with the idea the game's going to overtime but Sometimes, you know, you, you are looking at that going, it's going to be a tight game. It could potentially go to overtime and you have to kind of, you know, be kind of factoring it in. Um, how do you feel about teasers? Do you like them in the NFL? Oh, there's a time and a place for it. I, I, I like to be creative about teasers sometimes. And uh, if I get stuck on a game, I call them savers. You know, let's say, uh, you know, uh, I've got a bad number and it's moved two points against me and I want to get off. Well, then I'm going to put the other side in and then I'm going to throw that into a game that I plan on playing anyway. Uh, so uh, that's one way to get off and you can, you can win both, but right. you, it can make things worse, but you, you got to, it's still better than just buying off and taking a loss or giving yourself a Polish middle. Mm. I, I don't like to do a lot of teasers. I mean, they don't come into play enough technically. Okay. Yeah, but, it's true. Uh, so, but there's a time and a place for them. And, and also I like to throw them into other things sometimes. So if I really do like a team, but I only, I, I re, I'm not going to straight bet them. Okay. I'm going to put the first leg in. So let's just say I, I like Tampa Bay. So I put the first leg on Tampa Bay and then the second leg's going to be on a team I was going to bet anyway. Yeah. So what that's you, what I'm rooting for. What do you feel? How do you feel about the prices that have been progressively going up and up and up? And now basically minus 120 is the prevailing price to bet a teaser. Does that, is that fair? Well, it's, uh, I was talking about it with Matt Metcalf from Circa. He seems to think that you can still beat the house at minus 120. I, I'm, I think it's kind of questionable, but you definitely cannot lay more than 120 on an NFL teaser. I mean, you these places are charging 140, 150, oh. it's 130, it's ridiculous. And you can't lay more than even money on an NCAA teaser, and you shouldn't be playing an NCAA teaser anyway. But if yeah. you have to, <laughs> if you you are 
there are very, very rare cases where if the total's really low, I mean, you're talking about 41 or under and, and, you know, you're going through the key numbers and you're getting even money juice. Maybe. The rest of it, no, you don't play teasers in college. You don't buy points in college. There's no point worth buying in college. Completely and, agree. And I noticed Pinnacle was selling the Tampa Bay 7 for 15 cents. So what does that tell you about spending a quarter to buy the seven, which almost every place charges? If Pinnacle's willing to sell you the seven for 15 cents total, not an extra 15 cents, why would you pay a quarter? It's ne- The seven's not worth buying either. Buying up to seven or buying under center? Uh, under seven. Just buying, you know, either direction off of it. If, you, if, you, if you're laying seven and a half, you don't, you don't spend the extra 10 cents. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I I know uh, I like teasing the NFL. I don't like teasing, but I'm learning more about expected value and learning more about what the price of a point really is. If somebody wants to learn more about, like you mentioned, buying picks at what number, what what's a way of starting out to kind of uncover that and to learn more about what, what the value of the point actually means? Are you talking about teasers or just regular bets? Just boy, either or. I mean, just in terms of finding the value of of why you shouldn't be buying off of a number, why not buy under seven and a half or under under six and a half, rather six and a half to seven or seven and a half to seven? What? Where do you find the value? Like people often ask me, and I have a tough time. I kind of direct them to the logic of sports betting and Matthew Davido and Ed Miller's book and say, read read that book; it'll help you. But how do you recommend someone who comes to you and says, what's a, what's the way of kind of uncovering the value of what a number actually means? Well, you can, you can, you know, unabated has uh, it's a free service right now and they've got uh, a very nice model. You can just punch them in and uh, that's one way to do it, but the rule's really easy. You don't buy points in NCAA and you're probably not buying points in the NFL because they're going to charge you too much. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's one thing if if you're if they're going to only charge you a dime in a particular instance, uh, in certain cases. I mean, you know, if a game is if you have a place at six and a half minus six and a half, and you like the dog, and you see the board's already at six, and even maybe leaning five and a half. Well, now that now that's worth a little bit more equity. So. You know, or if you know for sure a line's going to move a certain direction and you know you're going to get, you know, extra equity from having that. Those are small considerations that come into play sometimes, but uh, you're generally not buying points. And, and I'm, I'm a hypocrite because sometimes I do. I mean, it's a mental <laughs> it's a mental wellness issue. Uh, but, you know, the mass says you don't do it. I mean, it's very you just traditionally don't uh, it, it's it's so complicated the the, the scenarios mm. um that you, i just can't recommend it do you and i will will wrap here in a couple seconds do you how do you handle when you mentioned like if you like if you're on six and a half or the number if if, if, a, if a better number was once available then then when you miss the best number do you how do you do you recommend the discipline to walk away from it or do you recommend the discipline of saying, OK, maybe you can buy half a point to come up to the number that you like? Is, is that is there ever a case where you could see someone buying from, say, five and a half to six or six and a half to seven? 
Well, I, I, I do that uh, sometimes for mental wellness where I want that original number, but I've changed. Now, I used to be the type of guy that I had to have the best number. I mean, I was out there on on uh, Sundays with opening lines and the, I, I, I'd have, you know, seriously, I have over 35 games bet by Monday at noon. Wow. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I had to have the best of the number. I just couldn't get away from it. With COVID and with excess injuries lately, I don't even look. I, I don't even pretty much, I, I try to ignore the opening lines and the look ahead lines because I don't need that added mental torture of, well, I could have had a seven <laughs> and it's five and a half. Yeah. I, I don't need it. So I can't get it. So why do I torture myself with it? But why do I, I don't want to buy games on Mondays. I, mm. I don't think. I mean, I, it's going to be a case by case basis going to have to go by feel but realistically we're all better off waiting as, as long as we can because i guarantee you there's going to be covid issues in ncaa and nfl that are going to hurt and they're mm. going to hurt bad at some point so quarterbacks and yeah offensive linemen and defensive ends and wide receivers i'm totally with you i that's why i think we you have to wait now until Saturday, you know, Sunday morning, you have to wait until to find out what these teams are going to look like. Cause I do think we're going to get, but you're going to get burned because I don't think these teams are going to be forthcoming. And I think they're going to hide a lot until they have to be open with it and say, okay, fine. You know, we're starting our backup quarterback because our starters got COVID or he's unvaccinated in, in the five, you know, the five day, not that you have COVID, but if you're unvaccinated and you got that five day, you came in close contact with somebody who is right. positive. That rule, I think, is almost more difficult to deal with than a player contracting COVID because that player may be negative, but he's out for five days because he's not vaccinated. And you won't know that until that player is forced to be out. So it's that wrinkle as a whole, it, I think, could be very, very complicated for us as we try to approach this and you can just bet a portion you don't have right. to bet your whole amount i mean you you can you know dip your toe in the water and and just be cautious is all i can say it's going to happen okay so circle it back to the circa million three you've got a cool new thing that's going to be dropping this week for the circa million uh tell us tell the folks about how can they watch it how can they follow along what you're going to be doing this season for the circa million three because i will be definitely watching and, and paying attention to this it's actually for all contests. It's for a super kind con- uh, I think covers is going to announce Wednesday. We're going to have a show starting every Thursday at 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time, uh, just after Circa releases their, their numbers and Adam Chernoff, uh, which uh, most people should be familiar with. And I are going to have a live show. We're going to discuss the point spread or the uh, the contest numbers at Super Contest, uh, Millions, maybe FanDuel, uh, and we'll touch on Survivor. But what our goal is going to be is to really try to see how we can do picking what the people are going to pick. What, what do we think the hot games are going to be? Kind of, you know, just kind of touch base on the, you know, comment on the lines uh, mm. uh, and just see whether we can get a pulse on uh, on uh, what the people will be on on the weekend, but it's going to be tough on Thursday because a lot of stuff can happen, but True. at least we'll, 
we'll bring the, the, the you know the contests uh, to light a little bit more and have a little bit of discussion. We'll see where it goes. That's awesome because I think I used to do a podcast with Vegas Maddie, who who runs a really successful proxy service here in town called Fader Follow, and we would try to talk about the consensus as to where the public or the most bets were going to come in. It was on the super contest. Circa hadn't existed when we were doing it, but that's often really fun. I think it's going to be interesting to see here where you guys think because. You know, sometimes you can automatically point out and say, oh, yeah, everyone's going to be on this number for whether it be a key number or whether it just be a game or a team's undefeated or they love Brady in prime time or whatever the narrative is going to be around it. So I will be very excited to watch. That will be on covers.com or is that going to be on covers of social media? Do you know yet? Um, it's I believe if they've got a YouTube channel, it's going to go oh, through it's going to go through whatever they're whatever they're currently doing with video yeah. content as far as yes, I it's youtube okay very cool so we'll check out the coverage youtube channel for that i will be very much interested in watching you guys you and i are going to be a lot of fun to watch and i can't wait to hear what you have to say about these lines because it will help us kind of uncover some of the secrets here of, of these picks contests because it is a game and i think you, your first point and we're going to end it with that it was so accurate and so good that you have to be willing to lose this and go into it knowing that you're not going to be sweating it out the money. It has to be looked at as a game. And I've told people, look, split it in half, split it in a third, get two of your buddies together, you know, 300 bucks each or whatever it is. And you guys won't be as committed and feeling like you have to go after this yourself. And it's a one way of kind of having a really fun split it up, even a thousand dollars over, over 20 weeks, you break it down. And that's not a lot of money. It's 55 bucks or whatever it is every, every week that you're betting. You're going to bet more than that anyway. So why not be involved in a contest where you could really, you know, first place prize is pretty darn darn nice and top 50 is pretty darn nice as well as they've listened to us at least about not paying out top 10 paying out more than that now so we all have a chance to benefit there's not there's very few feelings that are better than when you're on a team that uh, uh and everybody else and, and 80 percent of whoever is left went out on a game that you're not on boy is that one of the greatest highs you can imagine so if you're looking for like some real great emotion that's better than that uh, uh, Hail Mary, you know, or Hail Murray, yeah. you're on Arizona decking, that's where you get it. That's where you're going to get the big high because you can't get that big high if you're on with everybody else. So true. He is Las Vegas Chris. Follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time today. Really appreciate you coming on and being with us today. My pleasure. I had a good time. 